And welcome to this kind of uh, morbid uh, episode of episode number 351 of Unscripted. And the reason I say morbid, obviously, is we've had a lot of death today and over the last 24 to 48 hours. And um, some really significant names from the wonderful and wacky world of sports. And the first one comes, obviously... uh, very near and dear to my heart, uh, Green Bay Packers quarterback and legend Hall of Famer from the class of 1977, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, but I could be wrong, doesn't matter. Um, this guy was a, a Hall of Famer in a lot of different aspects of his life and probably more significant with his charitable contributions and his, uh, what's that fancy word that they use today, philanthropist? Oh, yeah. His activities. But uh, Bart Starr, Packers legend, number 15, the winner of five NFL championships over a seven-year span, uh, still yet to be accomplished by anybody in the wonderful and wacky world of sports, Um, especially, obviously, in the National Football League. Tom Brady comes close, but not five out of seven years. But regardless, I'm not worried about comparing anybody today. This is about the gentleman. The class act that was Bart Starr died on Sunday of uh, a long battle with a lot of different illnesses, really starting back in 2014. But he died on Sunday morning in his home in Birmingham, Alabama, or Birmingham, Alabama, at the age of 85, and um, the consummate winner. Um, obviously, they talk about, but think about it. You know, this was this was kind of weird when you think about it. His five championships in seven years. You put Dan Marino, John Elway, Brett Favre, and Aaron Rodgers, and Bart Starr's won more championships than all of them combined. So um, this guy may have not been uh, the, the, you know, he doesn't have the, you don't see his name on the statistical leader lists in the history of the National Football League. His, in fact, his total amount of passing was 16 years in Green Bay, only ranked him as the 77th most passing yards in NFL history. But in the postseason, he was another player. A 104.8 passer rating, in the postseason, and that is the best in National Football League history. Ten postseason games, this guy won nine of them. The only one he lost was the 1960 NFL Championship game to the Philadelphia Eagles. In those ten playoff games that he played, he threw 213 passes and only three interceptions. That's pretty damn close to 158.6, or whatever they call it now, is a perfect passer rating. And remember this, he was the leader, he was the leader of a band of a team that had 12 future Hall of Famers on it. And um, so this was the guy that ran Coach Lombardi's system to just perfection. Never had an ego. Um, played injured a lot. Wasn't a very good coach or general manager. We know that. But what he did on the field for the Green Bay Packers in the late 50s and 60s will never be forgotten. And again, what he did in the state of Wisconsin, he started a boys camp for troubled youth uh, in New Berlin, Wisconsin, the Rawhide Boys Camp. Uh, that's something that I believe is still going on today, but Bart Starr started that, him and his wife, Sherry. He lost a son at age 24 in the early 80s to a cocaine overdose, and then he became an advocate for the illegal stuff that people put in their bodies. Um, but unbelievable legend and unbelievable presence still to this day i mean brett brett Favre's retirement jersey a couple years ago 
on the rainy Thursday night against Chicago. I think it was 2016. Um, it's pouring, and Bart Starr shows up after having had two strokes and a bunch of other things that he had to do just to make it to this ceremony for Brett Favre. And uh, it's unbelievable. And I know you don't have the background of, uh, you know, you've been hanging around with me for a year and a half. So your, your history of green Bay football has obviously been an advanced version, but this guy might be uh, the most iconic. And this is a, this is a franchise full of iconic names. Uh, the stadium Lambeau for Christ's sake, but this might be the most important name in the history of, and there've been a lot of them. Uh, if Brett Favre would have won another couple of Super Bowls, who knows if Aaron Rodgers could ever, get along with his teammates and win a couple more Super Bowls, who knows, but this is probably the most iconic name uh, in the illustrious 100-plus-year history of the Green Bay Packers. And and uh, I don't want to go on. Chris Chris said to me when we sat down here today, are we going to do about a four-hour tribute to Bart Starr? No, because Bart Starr wouldn't have wanted that. Bart Starr would have wanted you to just go about and do your daily thing. I've got one Bart Starr story from Las Vegas. Years ago, Jack and Sharon were in a line at the Caesars Palace. And the line was there around the corner. And this was before, this was pre-forum shops in Caesars. So you have to think about the old days when Geezer's Palace was better than it is today. Um, There was a lineup to get Bart Starr's autograph. And Jack and Sharon went about three hours early. And for Jack, that's... (laughs) Jack doesn't do anything early except play golf. Um, But he showed up three hours early and still... Took him over two hours in line just to get an autograph of Bart Starr. And Bart Starr made sure that he signed everybody's. Regardless of he was supposed to be there for 15 minutes or a half hour, whatever the hell it was. He stayed there the whole time. And that hat and that banner still hangs in a very unique spot in Jack's house in Las Vegas. So um, I think that's a tribute to Bart Starr. And we all lost... A good thing, especially in the NFL, where sometimes, especially in this day and age, we're looking for we're looking for uh, guys that kids want to put up on their walls, you know, uh, put posters on their wall of of their sports heroes, not the guys that we find out that are doing stupid, silly stuff in their free time. Legends and guys that kids can look up to. This this man certainly qualifies as one. Yeah, he's definitely before my time, but I've uh, heard of Bart Starr, certainly, and I know he's a big deal there, and yeah, all those rings, that's just absolutely crazy, and uh, I've never heard anything but good things about Bart Starr, and it's nice that even though they had, as you say, the 29 years of crap in between there, it's nice to see the tradition continuing on with Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers, and hopefully whoever's after Aaron Rodgers will be another real franchise quarterback like that, and I don't know if you can say any of that is really attributed to Bart Starr, but it sure does create a nice legacy and and really reinforce the Green Bay Packers as an iconic franchise and uh, really give the fans as well a sense of history and pride in the franchise too. And, and it's nice to have guys like that. Now, hopefully we can have guys like that going forward. I don't know if Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers will be remembered and revered to that degree in terms of off the field maybe on in some ways but though they won't have five rings i don't think and they aren't going to be remembered especially off the field as that much of a just a just a kind 
wonderful sort of man who has that kind of reputation. They're just different people. You know that you you know you bring up an excellent point. Um, and you've been working all day and didn't have room and didn't have time to think about this, but that was a brilliant thing. Will Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers, be as revered as Bart Starr when it's all said and done in Green Bay? I can honestly tell you, I believe it's unequivocally no. And the reason for Favre is Favre went and wore a Minnesota jersey. Oof, yeah, that was. Bart Starr would not wear a Minnesota, Chicago, or a Timbuktu Timberwolves jersey. He was going to be a green. And I get different time and place, different eras, free agency. I get all that, folks. I get all that. But Chris posed the question, would impact, and I, if I'm understanding the correction, question correctly, will he, those two, Huckleberry Hound and whatever, Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers go down in Packer laurels as heralded as Bart Starr, and no, you're, Chris is right, neither one of them will get to five rings. Favre time is over up is already over, obviously, and Rodgers doesn't have five years left of championship football. Sorry. He's in the middle of a rebuilding project in Green Bay. Um, but Favre wore a jersey of another team, and Rodgers needs to win a couple more championships and make sure that he stays a Green Bay Packer till the day it's over. He would have a better chance, let's say, of being remembered in favorably as Bart Starr is if Rodgers stays a Packer the rest of the way and he brings home a couple more championships. Well, for Aaron Rodgers, in terms of on the field, if he could win two more rings, which is possible, yeah. certainly possible, yeah. if he could do that, I think he would deserve to be remembered in the same sort of rarefied air as Bart Starr in terms of on the field, because even though he would have less overall championships, he's playing in a time with way more teams. And he's also playing on a team that even though they've made some improvements, he's unquestionably the best player. And I don't think there are 12 hall of famers on the green Bay Packers (laughs) right now. No. Right. So, you know what? I, I have to imagine that at least relative to their era, Bart Starr had more to work with on his green Bay Packers than Aaron Rodgers does on his. So therefore, well, if he could win I, a couple more. I would more. argue this with you then. But, and you're right about bigger squads, more teams. But ultimately, you also then, when you have smaller teams and smaller squads, but the competition is even greater. There are no, there are no, and I'm not talking about today present Cleveland Browns, but in years past, teams would have considered a week off if you're playing the Cleveland Browns. There were some teams out there, the Buffalo Bills for years, the New York Jets for years, the Miami Dolphins for years, have been considered a bit of a powder you know, powder puff. While in Bart Starr's day, I don't know how many teams were there in the NFL. Uh, I'm going to guess 16, uh, maybe a little bit more, maybe 24. Maybe, let's say 24. I remember the Atlanta Falcons came on in 1965. Minnesota came on in 60. So what year should I look up? What, Just look up uh, how many year? teams in 1965. Okay. I think that'll give us a pretty good indication because after 65, the only expansion that comes next would be the Seattle Seahawks in 77. And um, from my recollection, I think it was 77 when Seattle and uh, who was the other team that came in the league? Carolina? Anyway, I would say it was about a 24-team league when Bart Starr was playing in his heyday. And there weren't many days that you could take off, in my opinion. I mean... You look at the Hall of Fame. And uh, there were 14 teams. 14. Well, see, okay, I'm off. But 
14 teams in the NFL in 1965. So well, here, actually here, let's have how about some trivia? You want sure. to try and figure them out? Mine, sure. Okay, so there was the West and the East, right? All right, hold on, I got to write this down. So there's 14 teams. Yeah. 14 teams in 1965. West and East. Mm-hmm. And so there'd be seven and seven. Yeah. All right, let's start with the West. Mm-hmm. Uh, L.A. Rams. Yeah. San Francisco 49ers. Yeah. Green Bay. Mm-hmm. Uh, Baltimore. Yeah, Baltimore. Baltimore Obviously. Colts. Yeah. Um, Cleveland Browns. No. No. Not well, uh, they're in the East. They're in the East. Okay, so we've got four right now in the West. I'm going to try for the East. We'll go with, in 1965, we'll go with Dallas. Yeah. Uh, Philly, mm-hmm. uh, New York Giants, mm-hmm. Washington Redskins. Yeah, basically the whole the whole NFC East is Cleveland. There. Yeah, put Cleveland there, and we'll put Pittsburgh there. Yeah, put Pittsburgh there. Um, and you're missing. I don't know yet. Just a minute, and we've got to put Dallas. Excuse me, we got Dallas, but I'm talking. About we got to put Minnesota in the West. And who else? And we got to put Chicago in the West. And we've got to put Detroit somewhere. Where are we going to put those losers? They're in the West, too. They're in the West. So you, you got the whole West. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I've got the West. One, two, three, four, five, six. Is that correct? Yeah, I'm so you're just missing one, in one the of the East. East. That would probably be the Cardinals organization, That's which right. at that time would be in St. Louis. That's right. You got it. Nice so job. There you go. Nice job. Well, of all those teams, look at those. But look at these teams. I mean, I don't think there were as many, just as we long-winded to, to your point, I don't think there was many potential powder puffs on your schedule in Bart Starr's day, in Johnny Unitas' day, in fairness, Y.A. Tittle's day with the New York Giants. It was a war every weekend in those days, in shitty conditions, in shitty stadiums, on shitty surfaces, and it's a lot different game today, no question yeah, about well, it. But I think Bart Starr would be a winner in whatever in whatever system, whatever uh, under, under whatever circumstances that he's taking snaps of center as the quarterback of the Green Bay Packers, he would be successful. Okay, well, and just last quick thing here. So first place in the league was the first place East team. That was 11-3, and three, four wins ahead of anyone else in the East. Who do you think that was? What's that? Sorry. I'm... So who was who finished in 1965? Who finished first place in the East? And they, they're also first place in the overall league. I'd say Dallas. Uh, no, they're tied for second tied with for the Giants second. with 7-7. Seven and seven. Oh, yeah. First place at 11-3, and three, way ahead of everyone with... I don't know if your favorite player was still there anymore, but <laughs> no, like legitimately your favorite player, your your or you, who you think the best player of all time is? Oh, Cleveland, Jim Brown. Yeah, hmm. no, Jim Brown was, was done in '65. Oh, so right around then. Jim Jim Brown uh, Jim Brown um, won the championship for Cleveland in '64 and then uh, retired after his ninth season in '65. Oh, okay, so this was so this is their first year without him. They went eleven and three, and then tied for first in the West at ten three and one was uh, the Green Bay Packers and. Um, I'm going to go with, uh, the Los Angeles Rams with Roman Gabriel. No, they were dead last at four and 10. Well, that's how much I know. <laughs> it's okay. Uh, Baltimore Colts were also I was 10, one year old. One. I was one year old. Yeah, yeah, I know. You're, you're um, but you know, we, um, I, I don't want to talk about Bart Starr forever because we could certainly, um, he um, will be a loss, but we do have other news that we need to get to before I get long winded as I'm want to do. Um, another tragedy and this guy unfortunately will go down and this guy was a good hitter he was a good hitter I believe he was close to a 300 career hitter I know he had about 2700 hits he played 22 years with the originally the Los Angeles Dodgers then the Chicago Cubs then the 
Boston Red Sox, and then he went back to Boston, and I, I think that was the the, the the litany of teams. But he's most famous for the 1986 blunder at first base, and I'm talking about then first baseman of the Boston Red Sox. Bill Buckner died early Monday morning. Um, I don't know what it was from. I'm not going to speculate, but Billy Buck dies at the age of 69 on early Monday morning, and this guy, again, uh, I believe he was an all-star at least once in his career, Um, but this guy, and this is why I have sometimes problems with sports fans in cities. Bill Buckner, when he retired after his 22-year was completed, I believe it was in around 2000, no, excuse me, 1990, excuse me, excuse me, the, the infamous screw-up in 86, I believe he retired in 89 or 90, somewhere in there, and he wanted to reside with his family in uh, the Boston area. But the fans there made it so intolerable for Bill Buckner to live there after what he did, making the bonehead error on Mookie Wilson's ground ball in Game sucks of the 1986 World Series. Um, he let it go through his legs. Ray Knight scores. And it was still a, a 3-3 series. And then ultimately, the Mets win Game 7 in Shea. But Bill Buckner had to move from Boston to a ranch that he bought in Idaho just to get away from the crap of, of the, you know, the, 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 the shit that people were spewing at him for an error he made in a baseball game. Now, granted, it's the World Series. And at that time, Boston was in the midst of the 86-year, you know, run to the roses. But... Uh, this guy was a good baseball player. Hall of Famer, no. But he'll be remembered for one bad play, and I don't think that's right sometimes. Um, a lot of championships, um, I don't know if they have that much drama in regard. I mean, people, some people in Boston are still pissed as to what happened in the 75 World Series with the Cincinnati Reds. Cincinnati Beach is what happened. But... Uh, Tough day for sports. Bart Starr Sunday night, and now Billy Buckner on Monday morning from a disease I don't know. But this guy, I think, and we know your love for baseball, but you've heard of Bill Buckner. You've heard of the play uh, in the October of 86 World Series. But this guy will go down as the guy that screwed up and killed the Boston Red Sox's chances of snapping the 86 or whatever year drought with an unfortunate error in 1986. Yeah, poor Bill Buckner. I mean, to the casual fan, they probably think he was just this terrible hack of a player, and right. that's not true at all. Mm-mm. And it's it's just a real shame what happened to that poor guy. Because I know one stat of Bill Buckner's, mm-hmm. which is I know exactly how many games he ever struck out three times in, and that's zero. Really? Yeah. See, and that's that's unbelievable hitting right there. Yeah. So yeah, the nineteen eighty batting champion, by yep. the way, mm-hmm. twenty seven hundred and fifteen career hits I've got right here as well. And uh, there, I saw some great uh, tweets about this. So for example, here's a bit of a preview for Free Forum Friday. Hashtag everybody in at Chi Town Sports. A lot of people asked if Red Sox fans could ever forgive Buckner. To me, it's the other way around, right? right? And exactly. I think, right. And right there. And uh, also Mike Randall, Randall Rant. Uh, received, uh, uh, Buckner, of course, received an uh, absurd and unfair amount of uh, blame for a Game 6 loss. Uh, if he fields that ball, the game is still tied. Mets' comeback had already been completed. Correct. Right? So a lot of, a lot of problems there. And so actually, 
what he uh, died of or what he was battling was Louis body dementia, which is why Robin Williams killed himself. Oh. Because he, because Robin Williams had Louis body dementia, and he knew it was happening, and he didn't want to uh, lose control of his mind or whatever. So, uh, a scary disease and a terrible thing to go through. So, just a just a real shame. But uh, Bill Buckner, uh, he uh, he was definitely before my time. But by all accounts, like just a just a really not just a guy who was known for excellence, but as I just said with that one stat, was known for consistency as well. And for someone like that to be remembered for their one mistake they ever made is just a real tragedy. And I don't think he ever really got the proper uh, respect that he deserved in the end. And I heard that he was great for going to you know, seminars, conferences, or just, you know, get togethers and making himself available. And everybody had nice things to say about him and just a horrible thing to go through and, and really not a good look for Boston fans at all. And also, uh, you know, when we were just talking about this before we went on air, Mike was talking about things going in threes. And this may not be this and, and not, not to downplay anyone's death or anything, but uh, Bleach Report CFB um, reports that uh, Auburn announcer Rod Bramblett and his wife died in a car accident, and he's the one who uh, did the famous kick six call, and so that call well, will live forever. Yeah, and uh, well, since we're we're on being a bit morbid here today, a lot of bad news. University of Wisconsin uh, lead assistant men's basketball Howard Moore uh, lost his wife and his daughter in a car crash in Ann Arbor, Michigan, over the weekend. Howard is uh, was injured in the car accident, but Coach Moore will survive. But he lost his wife and his daughter over the weekend. So a very tough weekend for Wisconsin sports fans, considering Bart Starr, obviously, Howard Moore, who is a valued member of the Wisconsin men's basketball program, and the way the Milwaukee Bucks <laughs> screwed up the Eastern Conference Final. Uh, congratulations to Toronto there. But... Uh, very um, kind of a sad weekend uh, in in regard to people that we've lost, and um, hopefully that's it for a while. Let's just leave it at that. Um, Bill Buckner, unfortunately, will go down. I believe wholeheartedly will go down for the infamous play in 1986. It's truly unfair. There was a bit of a reconciliation in 2004 when the Red Sox finally did win the world's championship in major league baseball and bill buckner was invited to be part of the celebration and he accepted so that was cool but uh the people in boston and red sox nation treated him like shit for a long time and i think that you know i've got strong passions obviously about the green bay packers and and uh chris has strong passions about the edmonton oilers and and everybody has if you're a true sports fan everybody's got one team that uh you know you live and die with but um, I think sometimes Red Sox Nation took it a little bit too far there, for sure. Um, you know, that's my issue with Philly fans when you boo Mike Schmidt. Uh, that's one of my issues of Boston fans when they, 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 they basically ran Bill Buckner out of town. And um, you're up in Boston, the... Uh, Color analyst on WEEI broadcast is an old friend of mine, Tim Neverett. You've heard me name that, mention that name before. Tim was one of my instructors way, way, way back when, back in Las Vegas, when Tim was getting started in this rocket. And um, Tim will tell you that um, 
they basically ran Bill Buckner to Idaho to get him out of Boston. So um, lighten up, guys. Boston, you guys, um, and we got to talk about this, obviously, as we're broadcasting here on Monday in late May. Tonight signifies the beginning of talking about segueing into another Boston team that's done pretty well lately. The Boston Bruins will look to make it two championships in the last, what, eight years when they uh, drop the puck Monday night in TD Garden Place in Boston when they take on the Western Division or Western Conference champion St. Louis Blues. Um, Zdeno Charo and that little pest, Marchant, will both play for the Boston Bruins. Um, I saw some comments on our Patreon page, and I want to get into this later because I also know that there's a story involving our buddy <laughs> and uh he should never split uh, face cards in a casino and wonders why old people get mad at him i want to hear about that yeah but uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens same teams 49 years later yeah and if you remember this is one of the images i had of hockey i didn't have a lot of hockey images growing up but i remember this one this is the this is the series where bobby Orr went across the goal mouth or whatever you call it, the goalie crease or whatever, the blue the blue ice. It wasn't blue at the time. But that's the famous one where he scored a goal. And Am I correct when I say that? Yeah. See? Um, I was looking the other day. It was funny. You know how much we both respect Mr. Cherry, but um, I saw some old... Oh, I, this is what I want to tell you. I saw an old documentary the other day about uh, the Calgary Flames' one and only... Stanley Cup championship in 1989. They were also in the 86 Stanley Cup final against Montreal, which they lost. And then in 89, they won when they, they reconvened and, and met in that year's Stanley Cup final. But, oh, my God, I can't believe how much Ron and Don have changed. Oh, they were wow. shown. Well, I get it. It's yeah. 30 years. I get <laughs> it. But it makes me think what I looked like 30 years ago and how much I've changed. Because, really, a lot of us, even I include myself the last 22 years, I've grown up watching Ron and Don, except for that stupid idea a couple of years ago with that Greek guy. That was so dumb. Some people that make decisions at the CBC slash Sportsnet are just fucking idiots. They should take their manhood card away. They're just terrible. But anyway, I just couldn't believe how much Don and Ron have changed. The suits were still outrageous, but um, I couldn't believe how... And, and I get it, it's 30 years, but it makes you think about how much you've changed. I remember, I remember wanting Bart Starr fired. Um, 40 years ago as a coach of the Packers or fifth, whatever it was, back in the 70s, into the 80s. I wanted him fired. He was a terrible coach. But he's gone. Bill Buckner's gone. Um, the broadcaster for the Auburn Tigers is gone. Coach Harold Moore at the University of Wisconsin's wife and daughter is gone. Um, bad weekend in that regard. But uh, a lot of things to talk about. We want to look a little bit more as we get into later episodes of Unscripted this week. If you were keeping track at home, uh, and I haven't been very good about this today, but uh, this is episode number 351. For my friend out there who says I do that too much. I won't forget you, pal. Um <laughs> We've got to talk about um, the uh, Stanley Cup Finals that start tonight. The NBA Finals, which start on Thursday. Toronto for the first time against the 
dominant team of the area, the Golden State Warriors. Kevin Durant has officially been ruled out for game one. So we'll see how that uh, unfolds. We've got a bunch of things to talk about, but uh, we've got to put a wrap on this 351st episode of Unscripted. Um, rest in peace, all those people. Bart Starr, uh, Bill Buckner, the radio broadcaster for Auburn, Howard Moore's wife and daughter. Rest in peace, all of you. And, um, you know, all these people are going to be missed in some way, shape, or form. And if you have a chance, say a quick prayer for them. They're all worth it. Um, For the executive producer of Unscripted, Mr. Chris Fluke, I'm Mike Jansen. Until next time.